Thanks for joining us. Today, Pastor Michael Heim will share with us a challenging and encouraging message from the Word of God. It is our prayer as you listen to this message that it will draw you closer in your walk with God and give you strength to walk daily in His grace. Luke chapter 17 this morning, we're going to read several verses of Scripture as we continue in this message on Stand Firm. And last time we met, we talked about standing firm in economic collapse, which I shared with you this September through the end of October. I believe with all my heart something dramatically is going to happen to the financial situation of the United States of America. Luke chapter 17, I'm going to begin reading in verse 26 down through verse 29. Let's read this verse as Jesus is giving his his Olivet Discourse. He's teaching about the disciples and the kingdom coming and his return. And he said, Just as in the days of Noah, so also it will be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. Does anyone know how many years Noah preached the gospel before the flood actually came? 120 years Noah preached the gospel, warning the people that judgment is coming, to be prepared to get ready. And what were they doing? Eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, clueless of what was about to happen. And just as in the days of Noah so also it will be in the days of the Son of Man. The flood came and took them all away. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking and buying and selling and planting and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Now go with me over to Luke chapter 21. It's our main text that we've been looking at. Look at verse 19. Jesus says, and again, this is... a. Uh, the, the same discourse that Jesus is talking about, the same time frame, I should say. And he said in verse 19, to, he tells us, by standing firm, you will win, gain life. Now in verse 34, he tells us three things that we ought to do. He says, to be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the, and the anxieties of life, and that that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen so that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Three things Jesus teaches us here. And he says, I want you to be watchful. I want you to pay attention. I want you to be alert at the signs of the times that are going around us. I want you to be prayerful. I want you to pray about these times and pray for your family and pray for your church and pray for your nation. I want you to spend this time in prayer. And he says, I want you to be careful. These days are coming. We've got to get prepared for them. Let me tell you a little fictitious story. Once upon a time, there was a town built on the side of a mountain. Every time that there was an emergency, they would call out the ambulances, and the ambulance would run down the mountain, down into the valley. But every time the ambulance would go around a particular corner, a, cor- a curve in the road the ambulance would go off the cliff. And it kept doing this and kept doing this and kept doing this. And finally, the city got together, convened a council, and they thought of a solution to this great problem. So they came up, and the conclusion was 
rather than put up signs and a guardrail, they were just going to buy more ambulances. Of course, that's made up, but that story has a point. And the point is simply this. The answer to our society and this social breakdown that we are living in is not more laws, not more gun control to stop violence. It's beginning to see the heart of the matter. We have a heart problem in America. And it's taken a toll on the country, upon everyone in this country. And rather than looking at the signs and building guardrails and dealing with the heart of an issue, our great nation is doing nothing but buying more ambulances while we're running off the cliff. You know, you can take all the guns away from society and society is going to kill each other with knives. You can take knives away from society. Put gun control on knives. You're going to remove all the knives. That's going to be the answer to our society. But man's going to pick up a rock and kill another man with a rock. You can make a law on rocks. And man's going to kill himself and his fellow brother with his bare hands. The issue is the heart. Social breakdown in America is what I'm talking about this morning, about standing firm in this society that is breaking down. And this issue is an issue of the heart. The heart is evil. The heart is wicked. It's corrupt. And only Christ can make a heart new. But what do the governments do? What does our great nation do? Is our governments are taking the place of God. And what they're trying to do is add more laws to stop the social breakdown. And yet our society just becomes more violent. We're just buying more ambulances. With all the new laws in place, are we getting any better as a nation? No, we're getting worse, just as Jesus said it would. But rather than turning to God as a society, we're turning away from God. Romans chapter 1, verse 28, verse 32. Notice what it said. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, God gave them over. What's the first step of a nation breaking down? When we as a nation do not think it's worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, God gives them over to a depraved mind. So that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness and evil and greed and depravity. They are full of envy and murder, strife and deceit and malice. They are gossips and slanders and God-haters and insolent and arrogant and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Boy, is that not a current event of the United States of America? And this was written 2,000 years ago by the Apostle Paul to the church there in Rome. You know, it's my duty as a, as a preacher to preach to you the whole counsel of God's Word. As Paul told the church there at Ephesus, the whole counsel of God's Word. Sometimes that preaching is, and teaching is what we love to hear. It's what we love to, 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 to know. And other times it's, it's, it's the tough things that we don't really want to hear, but it's the things that we need to hear. But we need to preach the truth regardless of the difficulty, and we need to listen to it regardless of the difficulty it is to listen to it. So this message just might be one of those messages that you, we really don't want to hear as a church, as a nation, but it's one that we need to hear. See, the Bible says, Jesus said, our redemption is drawing near. 
And when we see these things, he says to look up, for our redemption is drawing nigh. And we as God's people need to get prepared for the coming days ahead. I think God is bringing the church to a point. And here's the point. Either you're going to suffer for your faith, or you're going to abandon the faith altogether. It's coming to that way prophetically speaking. Either you're going to suffer tremendously for being a Christian, and we're seeing how the world's becoming hostile toward Christianity. And so we better get prepared and grow deep roots and make a decision on where we're going to stand. Are we going to stand firm in the midst of these things that Jesus already told us is going to happen, which we're going to preach on over the next few weeks? Or, as the Bible says, there's going to be a great falling away of the faith in the end times, a great abandoning of the faith because of fear of what man is going to do to us. So as we see our redemption drawing near, we need to get prepared. Paul told the church to wake up from its slumber, to get aware, to get out of this bubble that we're living in and we're seeing that that we live day to day rather than looking to the future. And the Bible tells us to keep our heads up. So the message today is a reminder that we don't have much time left. How much time? Could be next week. Could be September 14th, Day of Trumpets. It could be seven years from now. I don't know. But I know that if you're like me and you're watching the news, have you noticed how rapidly increasing hostile toward Christianity is becoming? Laws are being passed. And just how rapid it's becoming. It's scary. It's really scary. But we shouldn't be fearful. Because we're waiting on the blessed hope and the glorious appearing. When these things began to take place, Jesus said, these things, what are those, these, these things? Well, economic collapse. We're going to see this one world government come into play pretty soon. This one world currency. We talked about that already. Today, these things is talking about social breakdown. When you see social breakdown, we need to get prepared. When you begin to see a totalitarian government begin to form, you need to be prepared. Lift up your head for your redemption's drawing nigh. We'll talk about a totalitarian government next week. When you begin to see natural disasters occur in great intensity and more frequently, you begin to lift up your heads for your redemption is drawing nigh. When you begin to see religious persecution, lift up your heads for your redemption's drawing nigh. We're seeing these things happen. And those are what things that we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. But number one, this morning, this, this morning, let's talk about the signs of social breakdown. Let's talk about the signs of these things. Jesus told us in verse chapter 17 that just as in the days of Noah and also in the days of Lot, it would be the same way prior to the coming of the Son of Man. And they, what were they doing? They were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, giving in marriage, they were buying, they were selling, they were planning, they were building, they were carrying on life without any concern of the impending judgment that was about to happen. Now, before Jesus comes, that's the characteristic of our nation and the nations of this world. We're going to be just like that. And I believe we're there. You know, most people tend to live with the thought that we can fix this country by just voting in the right politicians, getting the right political party in there, or making certain economic and social reforms, that is the answer to our nation. That is the, that is the answer to our social ills of our uh, country. But the reality is that that's far from the truth. We can vote anyone that we want to up there, but it's God that causes a nation to rise 
And it's God that's going to cause a nation to fall. Our nation does not fall upon our leaders. It rises and falls based upon if our leaders follow the truth and adhere to the truth. A moral collapse of our nation is eating away at our society like a cancer. And if it continues to go unchecked, it won't, it won't be long before we die as a nation. Fixing moral decay is more than just getting a new law, getting a new reform, voting in a new president. As I said at the beginning of this message, it's an issue of the heart. America has a heart problem. And America is filled with individuals that have a heart problem. The problem is a heart of the matter. It's, it's that we have gotten away from God. And most people don't want to hear anything about a moral breakdown in society. Most people like to think that we're the, the exceptional nation, that we set the example for everything. Folks, if we are setting the example for the world, then God help us. We need to open our eyes and see that, that we have a, a tremendous issue coming and, and, a, and, a, and a tsunami of judgment is coming upon us. And if we don't wake up, something's going to happen and we're not going to be prepared. If we're really honest with ourselves, we can see the evidence of moral breakdown all around us. Just watch the news. You can see it. Every day it's all around us. And here, here's a few things. Why, what would cause an Olympian to change his gender identity and, and, and be considered a hero in doing so? What would cause a South Carolina white young male to go into a black church and just start killing people? What would cause two 18-year-old boys to beat a 30-year-old mentally disabled man to death with a baseball bat so they can just get his Xbox? What would cause a father to put his six-week-old daughter into a freezer to keep it from crying? And a lot of people say, well, Mike, that's just isolated events that we see in the news. No, it's not. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a trend of a larger issue that we're seeing, the representative of a larger issue. It's a trend in America. It's getting worse, and it's worse, and it's worse. It's getting to the point that what Jesus said, that we're going to be weighed down with the anxieties of life. We're going to be scared to death to go into public because of the evil all around us. And so I'm trying to teach us as a church to stand firm and don't fear man, fear God. Because these things are coming. And I could go on with this list, and it just it gets worse and worse. Let me give you some few facts about the moral collapse and the society breakdown of, of, of America. Approximately one-third of the entire population of the United States, that's 110 million people, currently have a sexually transmitted disease, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. One-third of America. In Chicago, public school kindergarten teachers are now required to set aside 30 minutes a month for sex education. The marriage rate in the United States has fallen to an all-time low. Right now, it's sitting at nearly at a rate of 6.8 marriages per 1,000 people, and more than half of all the couples move in together before they get married. America has the highest divorce rate in the world by a good margin. The United States has the highest abortion rate in the Western world. A Department of Homeland Security report was released in 2012 that said that if you're anti-abortion, you are a, patent, a potential terrorist. Church is getting there. According to a study conducted by the Mayo Clinic, nearly 70% of Americans are at, least, are at least on one prescription drug. And according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, doctors in the United States write more than 250 million prescriptions of antidepressants each year. America now has the highest rate of illegal drug use on the entire planet. 
According to the FBI, there are now more than 1.4 million gang members involved in 33,000 active criminal gangs in the United States. The average young American will spend 10,000 hours playing video games before the age of 21. The number of Americans with no religious affiliation has grown by 25% over the last five years. And according to the U.S. Census Bureau, the number of Americans with no religion has more than doubled between 1990 and 2008. A study conducted by the Barna Group discovered that nearly 60% of all Christians from ages 15 to 29 no longer actively are involved in any church. According to Lifeway Research, that's our own Baptist uh, organization, 40% of all Americans never even think about whether they will go to heaven or not. Folks, these are studies by reputable organizations, and these are the statistics of the United States of America. It's unsustainable. Financially, we cannot continue down this road societal, through society, culture, we cannot sustain down this road. There's got to be a breaking point. I believe America has fulfilled Romans chapter 1, verse 28 through verse 32. How did we get to this point? How did we get to this point? Well, it's what Paul said in Romans chapter 1, in verse 18. He said that we have now suppressed the truth by our wickedness. We don't want to hear truth. We suppress it. We hold it down. We don't want to hear someone telling me I'm a sinner. So we suppress the truth. We don't talk about the truth. And a little bit later in that verse of Scripture, Paul said, and they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And they worshiped the created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. We've gotten to the point to where we worship our own gods. We want to do our own thing. And God says, if you're going to kick me out of your schools, you're going to kick me out of your government, you're going to kick me out of your courtrooms in the Supreme Court, you're going to kick me out, have nothing to do with me, then so be it. I will give you over to what you want. To a depraved mind, to sexual lust, to do the things you ought not to do, and you will suffer your own judgment. And folks, the church is in the midst of all this, and we have to suffer with it. Our only hope is, is, is Jesus Christ returning. We have been given over, and that's what I want us to see. Our nation has come to a point that the only hope for it is Christ. There is no turning back with a new president. There is no turning back with social reforms and laws. All that will do is to sustain the inevitable just for a short period of time, to eight years or four years or whatever, and it comes right back. Because why? If you look at the statistics, 25% over the past five years are Americans with no religion. In the very future of our country, the ages of 15 to 29, those who are taking over the leadership of our country are not involved in any church whatsoever. So what's coming? So what do we do? Let me give us a little bit of understanding of how we got to this point. Let's talk about standing firm in this social breakdown. So we see a great sign that our redemption is drawing near when society begins to really break down. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-5 through 5 puts it like this. But mark there, this, there will be terrible times in the last days. You know, when we read that, we always think last days is way down there. But now we're getting to see the last days. We're there. We're there right now. 
People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Now, Paul, writing at the end of his ministry, reflects the same thing that he wrote in the book, in the, to the Church of Rome. The characteristics are very much identical, aren't they? And if we look at these characteristics and overlay them to the United States of America and around the world, we see the very same thing beginning to happen. How did we get to this point? Let me share with you how we got to this point. When God gave Israel, brought them out of a pagan nation, Egypt, and brought them into a promised land, He knew that they could not govern themselves. He knew that he had to give them some laws that were above and higher than their own. He had to give them something that would give them structure spiritually and morally in order for them to to sustain as a nation. And you sum up this law into ten commandments. That's what he gave them. Ten simple, easy commandments. And he said, if you follow the commandments, you will always be blessed as a nation. But when you reject the commandments, then judgment follows. And we see the example of Israel, how they follow the commandments and God blessed them and blessed them. But when they got away from the commandments, God always rose up a nation to come over and take them back over. After Egypt, then we came Medo-Persia and Greece and Rome. He had a nation, Babylon, a nation after nation after nation came and took them away because they they got away from the commandments. Now, the United States is very reflective of Israel. Think about the Ten Commandments, for example. The first four commandments, have no other gods. The second commandment, do not make for yourself any graven image, no idols. The third commandment is to honor my name, do not take it in vain. The fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Those are vertical commandments of our relationship with God. They're spiritual commandments. They are what a nation is built upon. That's the foundation, is the spiritual and when a na- nation rejects the spiritual commandments, then it's, uh, it's progressive. It's going to fall. And we as a nation have rejected the spiritual commandments of God. And watch this. If we reject the first four commandments, we don't want God in our life. Then the fifth commandment, which is what? Honor your father and mother. The breakdown of the family begins to happen. And between rejecting God and the breakdown of the family, you can see why we're at the result that we're, we are in as a nation. Because there is no more honor of father and mother. Twice in these scriptures you see Paul saying that children will become disobedient to parents. We have children who are raised by themselves in our society. So if we have other gods and we have other idols as our nation, then we're going to take his name in vain. We're going to stop worshiping altogether. And then the breakdown of the family is going to happen. When there's a, a lack of, of honor in the family then that is, the, that is the social breakdown of the rest of the commandments. Because if, if, you're, not ta- if you're not in a family, you're going you're gonna to steal, you're going to lie, you're going to cheat, you're going to do everything else. Because that's what we learn is in God and in the family is where we learn our values and morals. So it's all progressive. It's a social breakdown. When we honor our parents and that breaks down, then the next thing happens. There's a breakdown for the respect of life. We don't care about other people. We only care about ourselves. So therefore, we begin to kill. 
The sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. Just this year, we've had ambush cop killings. Officers sitting in their patrol cars trying to protect and serve, and people come up and just kill them cold blood. South Carolina man goes into a church and just begins to kill because of racism. See, when life is devalued, society breaks down, and that affects every single one of us. How many of you in the older generation can remember going to bed and not ever locking your doors? Now I bet that's one of the last things you do is you lock your doors all the time, don't you? It's a shame that we have to lock our doors at the church and during the day because of people. See, there, when there's a breakdown in our society and the family, then it begins to break down in society. We begin to kill one another. And then there's the next breakdown. It's the, it's the seventh commandment that, you know, you should not commit adultery. There's no more respect for another man's wife. We begin to just cheat on other people's uh, spouses. And so now marriage is no more considered holy union. It's, in today's society, it's not even a, between a man and a woman anymore. The U.S. Supreme Court has changed and redefined what marriage is. You know, my Jesus tells me that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That's reflected from what God said in Genesis chapter 3. Marriage is between a man and a woman only, not between any other union whatsoever. But yet, when marriage is devalued... Society breaks down. What was the statistic? Out of 1,000 couples, only six will get married. The other are going to live together. There is no more value in marriage. It's a waste of time, society says. It's a waste of time because they don't put God in the center of that marriage. And therefore, they suffer the consequences. So we, it's progressive. When we, when we break down the seventh commandment, then we're going to, is there going to be a breakdown in, 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 in the eighth commandment? Thou shalt not steal, is what the Scripture teaches us. You know what's sad? Is when you watch the riots on television here lately, and people are protesting their First Amendment rights, freedom of expression, and freedom to, to assemble, and to, to state their disagreement with the government, whatever it is, we have that right as a nation, but yet, in the midst of the rioting, what do they do? They loot the stores and they steal and rob. The issue is not about rights. The issue is about the heart. When respect for personal property is devalued, it affects us all. Just this past week, on June 23rd, did you hear the report that New York City has now hired 1,300 new police officers? Why? Because of the increase in crime. Let's just keep buying more ambulances. Let's just keep building more prisons. But let's not get to the heart of the issue. Let's don't bring God back in it. Let's not institute the Ten Commandments anymore. Let's don't do that. Let's just buy more ambulances because that's going to be the solution. You can buy all the ambulances you want. They're going to run off the cliff until there's no more ambulances. Then what are we going to do? Man will kill himself. And so we get down to the Ninth Commandment. It's all progressive. And the Ninth Commandment is that thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. In other words, there's a respect for truth. There's got to be a foundation of truth. Not our truth. Our truth is relative. What truth to you is it's not truth to me, so it doesn't matter. There's got to be an absolute truth that's higher than what we believe that we have to all agree to, and that's God's truth. If we adhere to His truth, then we have a standard to judge everything else by. But when we throw God and His truth out, then His truth is truth to you only. It doesn't matter 
If my truth is I don't, I don't steal, but to your truth, maybe it's okay to steal. It all becomes relative then. And so it doesn't matter anymore. Society breaks down. And we're seeing this happening. This is why we are where we are. And God gave us Ten Commandments to keep these things from happening. What did he say in Romans 1? Men suppress the truth. Men exchange the truth. When truth is devalued, then lies prevail. Society breaks down, and this affects us all. A man's word is not his bond anymore. It used to be you can just give your word and put a handshake to it, and that was it. That was good as stone. Today you can write contracts and do everything else, and it's still no good because people lie. I hate lying. That's the one thing I cannot stand more than anything else is to be lied. I'd rather you hit me in the mouth with your fist than to tell me a lie. A lie is a slap in the face of God. A lie is speaking the devil's language, and that's exactly what we're doing as a nation. We are a, a nation of lies. Can't tell the truth whatsoever, and that's all progressive. Then we get to the last commandment. There's a breakdown in respecting what others have. So if I throw God out of my life, then I have no more foundation for my family. And if my family foundation is gone, destroyed, I have no father, no mother, no example, no, nothing to go by, then I'm going to do what I want to do in society. And it comes to the point now that it gets progressive down to the last thing to where I, don't, I, I become discontent with what I have and I want what everybody else has. And that's covetousness. And that's where we are as a nation. We have rejected the spiritual. And when we as a nation reject the spiritual, the secular takes over. And when the secular takes over, there's no room for God. Man only will destroy himself in a matter of time. I posted on our Facebook wall a while back. It's in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. And it saddens me that our society has come to this point. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Notice what Margaret Sanger said, the founder of Planned Parenthood. The most merciful thing that the large family does to one of its members is kill it. This is the founder of Planned Parenthood. And notice what our own president says. We are truly grateful to you. Thank you, Planned Parenthood. God bless you. When we as a nation call evil good and good evil, woe. To us, We think selfish individualism is the right way. That's humanism. But they don't realize that they're getting their way is only driving off the cliff. They're deceived. Satan has blinded them that they cannot see the light of the gospel. God help us when society doesn't see this man as a hero. A man who suffered for the world. A man who gave his life, who shed his blood that they could be saved and have eternal life. But yet we call this man a hero. God help us as a nation. Bruce Jenner, a respected Olympian for many years, is now Caitlyn Jenner. And I believe Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner, said something that I think now is prophetical. And this is what he said. He said, I'm the new normal. I'm the new normal. God help us. God help us when our own president, who claims to be a Christian, tweeted and said this, It takes courage to share your story. Your story matters in the fight for the, lay, uh, the, the, the gay and lesbian rights. The Supreme Court this past week, you saw this on television, that now they have taken the own definition of marriage from God's definition and they now have granted full rights to all gay and lesbian couples. That's a good thing, isn't it? 
That's a good thing, right? What we don't realize is the destruction that it's causing. Where did God build the family? He built it right up underneath the spiritual. What type of family is this? What are we teaching our children? God had a purpose of a father and a mother. Because a father can teach a a child something that a mother can't. A father has a masculinity about himself. He teaches a man how to be a man, how to, be, how to provide, how to care, how to defend. A mother is a nurturer. She's one that is softer, more emotional, that, that we need the logical and the emotional. It's a balance. That's why God put it that way. But that's what happens when you have a family broken down and a father is absent and the mother raises a child. Then the male figure becomes very feminine. And he attaches to the feminine side. And there's vice versa. And so that's where the breakdown. Homosexuality is nothing but a result of the breakdown of the family. That's all it is. We should love the gay. We should love the homosexual. We should love them and preach the truth to them. But we should never accept this from the U.S. Supreme Court. God help us when the highest court in the land gives equal rights. Something that we should be ashamed of. It's something that we're now proud of as a nation. And what got me is was I was watching news that night and as a sign of the celebration, this is what our own White House did. Our president, our highest Supreme Court, and the very house that represents America, this is what we become as a nation. We've entered into a time when immorality is running through our streets like open sewers and selfish individualism is the way. When people rather come out of the closet than rather clean the closet, that's the sign, church, the judgment of God is coming. We don't see this. And when you preach this, I become the bigot. I become the insensitive. I become the evil one. I become the potential terrorist. And our governor, governor has to make laws to protect me to say what I want to say from the pulpit. I thought I had the right to say what I wanted to say according to God's word from the pulpit. I didn't know I needed a law to protect me. If I wanted not... I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for the gay and lesbian agenda now to come into the churches just to try to bring the churches down. I'm waiting for the couple to come to my office and say, will you marry us? And when I say no, when I say no, I want you to know it's not because of discrimination. It's not because I have a bias against I'll say no to two Christians who live in sin just as quick as I would to homosexual people. It has nothing to do with if they're gay or lesbian. It has to do with holiness. It has to do with God's Word. And it's coming to that point to where, yes, we as a church that rises up, either we're going to speak out and stand firm or we're going to go to the wayside and we're going to abandon the faith. Our faith is going to cost us something before long. It's going to be a hate crime for me to preach against any type of sin. What's next? If homosexual, if there's no law, if now there's no spiritual basis and no familial basis, and now there's no societal basis, if none of that's there, if law is whatever I say it is, then what happens now? We go for homosexuality. Now, what now about the pedophiles? Or what about these men who love those young boys? That's the way they were born. It's okay, isn't it? If you do one, you got to do them all. What about the rapist? I can't help that I rape women. That's the way I was born. See, there is no standard. When there's no standard, there's no control. It gets out of control and man destroys himself. Marriage was that standard. And now it's gone. Our society has become nothing more than Sodom and Gomorrah. 
Second Peter tells us that if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the depraved conduct of the lawless, for that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. I feel that way as a preacher. I'm sure you feel that way. You're surrounded by, by just all this evil. On our way back from our mission trip, we always do a layover, a day layover, and we take in some sights. So this year we went to Frankfurt. Frankfurt reminded me a lot of Amsterdam. If you've ever been to Amsterdam, my goodness, it's, it's the most hedonistic, most ungodly place you've ever been in your life. People urinating in the public square. Every, it's just ungodly. You just got to see this. And we went to Frankfurt thinking this is going to be a little bit better. Go back to the motherland. I'm high. I wanted to go back to Germany. Walking through Frankfurt, you got nothing but open homosexuality. You got nothing but open drunkenness. And me and Cullen and two other girls that were on our team decided that we were going to go from this street over to this street. So we're going to cut through an alley. And the alley has a bunch of shops and stores. We were in Turkish, Turkish town, like Chinatown. It was Turkey town. And we cut through and came out on the other side, and my goodness, we felt the most evil presence. Nothing but strip bars, nothing but people hanging out on the corners. It was just ungodly. I began to pray. I told everybody, you stay right up against me. One girl was right up against my back. I couldn't even move. And I said, we just need to get back up to the, to the, the central station. And we, we, we went up around police officers. Just hung out around police officers because we felt so scared. Not to mention there was 20,000 police officers in downtown that day because of some group was hating foreigners. And here we are as foreigners in there. And they were trying to suppress anything from happening. It's a little intimidating to see 20,000 police officers. It's a little intimidating when you're sitting down and you're eating and all of a sudden there's a big disturbance and a helicopter flies over and police officers swarm in in riot gear and you're right there. It's, it's a breakdown of society. Jesus said this in John 15. He said, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That's why the world hates you. Society is breaking down. And the more it breaks down, the more you are going to have to stand up and be the light and the salt and the ambassadors for Jesus Christ. And the more you stand up, and you preach truth and tell people that that's sin, that's wrong, the more you're going to be hated. And the more you're hated, the more you're going to be persecuted. And the more you're persecuted, you're going to come to a point to where either you will stand firm and care less what man will do to you, or because of fear of what man will do to you, you will abandon the faith. There's no more straddling the fence. Time of suffering and judgment is coming. So we need to do what we can do to be prepared. But don't shy away. Don't be ashamed of the gospel, church. Don't be ashamed to tell truth what it is. And we are still under the age of grace. Preach the truth of God in love and shed the grace of God upon all sinners. Tell them that Jesus died for them and that there's another way. There is hope in Christ. He can change you and make you a, a new person. That's our duty not to judge, not to pass judgment, not to shun and shut out. But to be a true light, as Jesus was, and suffer the consequences if they may come. There's coming a day where your pastor may get arrested right here in this pulpit. Who knows? So how do we stand firm in social breakdown? Let me close up here. Fear God and not man. Stand on the Ten Commandments. Preach them, teach them, live them, no matter what. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's commandment one through four. And, and, and honor the family 
In the 6 through 10 commandments, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as Jesus loved us. Stand firm in the, in the shadow of economic collapse. Prepare yourself. And stand firm in the social breakdown that we're, we're, we're in. And what, what did Jesus say in verse 19? Stand firm and you will live. Stand firm. It's time, church, to stop building more ambulances, or I should say as a nation, and start putting up a guardrail called Jesus Christ. The only answer to our society is Jesus. It's not a new president. It's not a new Republican Party or any other party. Our answer to our societal ills is Jesus Christ. And when we see these things Jesus said, we hear these things, he says, lift up your heads for your redemption is drawing nigh. What's the world coming to? It's coming to Jesus. And it's coming very quickly. And are you ready? Are you ready in your faith? Is your root strong enough to withstand an economic collapse? See, I believe the church is going to have to come back together like in the book of Acts and everybody put their money in the pot and everybody not have a need. I believe it's coming to that point very soon. Don't fear government. Fear man. Stand firm, be careful, be watchful, be prayerful, because soon we'll be with our Lord. So today, this is what I would like to ask us to do. I would ask us as a church to get on our faces before God and pray. Pray for us, pray for our families, pray for repent of our sin and how we contribute to the evil of this world. Pray and, and ask God to strengthen our faith and deepen our roots. And secondly, to pray for our nation. The Bible says to pray for our leaders. It's not too late to pray. We may not ever turn around, but that doesn't excuse us from praying, right? We need to pray. So this morning is a time of prayer. And I give to you the grace of God that where we're sin increased, grace abounded. It's not too late to turn to God and ask forgiveness, but I also give to you the fear of God. Maybe these things startle us to the point of coming to the faith. And we need to do that as well. So whatever God is leading you to do, you do it this morning. But I'm going to encourage us all to get on our faces before God and pray that we stand firm. We hope you have enjoyed Pastor Michael's challenge from the Word of God. If you have any questions about today's message, you can reach us at 903-759-4196. Or write to us. We'd love to hear from you at 117 South White Oak Road, White Oak, Texas, 75693. For more information about Pastor Michael or White Oak Baptist Church, please visit us on the web at www.wobaptist.org. Come back and visit us again. Until then, God bless.